The Moose by Elizabeth Bishop From narrow provinces of fish and bread and tea, home of the long tides where the bay leaves the sea twice a day and takes the herring's long rides, where if the river enters or retreats in a wall of brown foam depends on if it meets the bay coming in, the bay not at home. Where, silted red, sometimes the sun sets facing a red sea, and others, veins the flats's lavender, rich mud in burning rivulets. On red, gravelly roads, down rows of sugar maples, past clapboard farmhouses and neat clapboard churches, bleached, ridged as clamshells, past twin silver birches, through late afternoon, a bus journeys west, the windshield flashing pink, pink glancing off of metal, brushing the dented flank of blue, beat-up enamel. Down hollows, up rises, and waits, patient, while a lone traveller gives kisses and embraces to seven relatives, and a collie supervises. Goodbye to the elms, to the farm, to the dog. The bus starts, the light grows richer, the fog, shifting, salty, thin, comes closing in. Its cold, round crystals form and slide and settle on the white hens's feather, in grey glazed cabbages, on the cabbage roses and lupins like apostles. The sweet peas cling to the wet white string on the white-washed fences. Bumblebees creep inside the foxgloves, and evening commences. One stop at Bass River. Then the economies, lower, middle, upper. Five islands, five houses where a woman shakes a tablecloth out after supper. A pale flickering, gone. The Tantramar marshes and the smell of salt hay. An iron bridge trembles and a loose plank rattles but doesn't give way. On the left, a red light swims through the dark. A ship's port lantern. Two rubber boots show, illuminated, solemn. A dog gives one bark. A woman climbs in with two market bags, brisk, freckled, elderly. A grand night? Yes, sir, all the way to Boston. She regards us amicably. Moonlight as we enter the New Brunswick woods. Hairy, scratchy, splintery. Moonlight and mist caught in them like lamb's wool on bushes in a pasture. The passengers lie back. Snores. Some long sighs. A dreamy divagation begins in the night. A gentle, auditory, slow hallucination. 
in the creakings and noises, an old conversation, not concerning us, but recognisable, somewhere, back in the bus. Grandparents' voices, uninterruptedly talking, in eternity. Names being mentioned, things cleared up finally, what he said, what she said, who got pensioned, deaths, deaths and sicknesses, the year he remarried, the year something happened. She died in childbirth. That was the son lost when the schooner foundered. He took to drink. Yes, she went to the bad. When Amos began to pray, even in the store, and finally the family had to put him away. Yes, that peculiar affirmative. Yes. A sharp, indrawn breath, half-groan, half-acceptance, that means life's like that. We know it, also death. Talking the way they talked in the old feather bed, peacefully, on and on, dim lamplight in the hall, down in the kitchen, the dog tucked in her shawl. Now, it's all right now, even to fall asleep, just as on all those nights. Suddenly, the bus driver stops with a jolt, turns off his lights. A moose has come out of the impenetrable wood and stands there, looms rather, in the middle of the road. It approaches, it sniffs at the bus's hot hood. Towering, antlerless, high as a church, homely as a house, or safe as houses. A man's voice assures us, perfectly harmless. Some of the passengers exclaim in whispers, childishly, softly, sure are big creatures, it's awful plain, look, it's a she. Taking her time, she looks the bus over, grand, otherworldly, why, why do we feel, we all feel, this sweet sensation of joy? Curious creatures, says the quiet driver, rolling his R's. Look at that, would you? Then he shifts gears. For a moment longer, by craning backward, the moose can be seen on the moonlit macadam. Then there's a dim smell of moose an acrid smell of gasoline. I love Elizabeth Bishop. She's one of my favourite poets. She was from Massachusetts and published between the 1920s and 1970s. And she was one of the highest profile female poets in America Yet she was someone who was quite private, avoided the limelight and was quite sparing in particular in what and where she published. To me, this humility and carefulness comes across in her poems. I imagine her as someone who took her role as a poet very seriously. And she seems to me as a bit of a perfectionist um, and someone who had a clear sense of who she was and what she wanted to do. The Moose was published at the end of her career. 
she said that she'd actually been working on this one poem for over two decades. It tells the story of a bus travelling through the forests and coastal towns between Boston and New Brunswick. Uh, And the bus journey is interrupted by the sudden appearance of a moose wandering into the road, which breaks the passengers from their sleepy reverie and brings to them a sense of childish joy and wonder. Bishop is a very diligent poet, and this diligence is one of the key reasons I love the moose. You can see it in the meticulous detail of the opening sequence to the poem. It's like the opening shot of a movie, slowly and deliberately introducing the setting for the story ahead. If you listen again, take note of the number of descriptive phrases in the long opening to the poem. It almost feels as if the constant added layer of nuance and prosaic detail of scenery will never end. It's 26 lines before we reach the phrase, through late afternoons, a bus journeys west, that tells us what the poem is about and kickstarts the journey. I love how much care Bishop has put into slowly and meticulously building this opening sequence. Like the bus driver in the poem, she seems in no hurry, but she wants to show a great deal of care and respect to the passengers, and by extension to us as the readers, to make the setting for the poem just right. To say Bishop took her role as poet seriously is not to say that her poems are overly earnest or self-important. On the contrary, they're actually quite playful. On our bus journey here, we encounter freckled elderly ladies with shopping bags and dogs supervising a family farewell and snoring passengers at the back of the bus. I'm taken by the humility of Bishop's writing. The language is simple and the description is focused on the small details of ordinary scenery, ordinary people and ordinary lives. This is a long poem, which is ostensibly about a mundane bus journey. The twist comes when that mundanity of passengers' conversations and dreamy divagations is broken by the emergence of a moose, which transforms the mundane into joy and wonder. One reason I find I connect with Bishop's poems are that they often come from the perspective of an unnoticed observer. Someone who, in the moose for instance, sits quietly and inconspicuously in the shadows of the bus, dispassionately observing a large family of relatives saying goodbye to their loved ones, or overhearing an elderly couple's conversation about family infidelities, illnesses and alcoholism. The narrators are people who are on the peripheries of the action, Someone who prefers to stay on the outside and observe and notice and describe while staying slightly detached from the action itself. I think this is a mindset I often see in myself. I'm someone who will often withdraw to the safety of the edges or try to observe what's going on rather than placing myself at the centre. I prefer to think of myself as someone who is curious and perceptive and thoughtful, observant, and I can imagine myself on a long bus trip 
through the northeastern countryside and falling into a stream of thought about my surroundings and my fellow passengers not dissimilar to the narrator in The Moose. I could go on. I really do love this poem, uh, but it's quite a long one, so I'll leave it there. To close out, I won't read the whole of the poem. You can start the episode again to hear in full if you're interested. But instead, I'll just read the final few stanzas from The Emergence of the Moose. Suddenly, the bus driver stops with a jolt, turns off his lights. A moose has come out of the impenetrable wood and stands there, looms rather, in the middle of the road. It approaches. It sniffs at the bus's hot hood. Towering, antlerless, high as a church, homely as a house or safe as houses, A man's voice assures us, perfectly harmless. Some of the passengers exclaim in whispers, childishly, softly, sure are big creatures, it's awful plain. Look, it's a she. Taking her time, she looks the bus over, grand, otherworldly. Why, why do we feel, we all feel, this sweet sensation of joy? Curious creatures, says our quiet driver, rolling his R's. Look at that, would you? Then he shifts gears. For a moment longer, by craning backward, the moose can be seen on the moonlit macadam. Then there's a dim smell of moose an acrid smell of gasoline.